The Green Bay Packers lost to the San Francisco 49ers, but it wasn't because of some coaching collapse or personnel deficiencies they couldn't overcome. They went blow for blow with the best team in the NFL. So where do they go from here? We start to unpack that question, which we will take months to try and answer. We start on it on today's Locked on Packers. You are Locked on Packers. Daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode of Locked On Packers brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. As I went back, and yes, I had to rewatch it. I had to go back and relive all of it. And I, I, I do it so I can understand, but I do it so that I can stand up here and speak with some sort of clarity about it more than just in the moment. Because when you go back, you often find things that you missed in real time. And there's also this weird thing that happens online. I've noticed, I noticed specifically from 49ers fans who were peeing their pants the entire game about their team. And it's like one person says a thing and then it gets relayed and relayed and relayed. And there becomes this Mandela effect where everyone remembers it a certain way. And it's like, that's actually not what happened at all. I just went back and watched it. Like, that's not what happened. That's, we're trying to move past that on here. What struck me is, I, you know, like you can go back and the missed field goal, you, you make that. Now at the end with 52 seconds left, um, Jordan Love and the Packers are, are going to try and win the game with a tie score. That's a very different game than what happened. And, and maybe it doesn't end the same way. Presumably Jordan Love does not try and force a ball. If he doesn't have to go win it, if it's just a tie game and you can play for overtime, he doesn't act as aggressively in that space, you would hope. You can certainly go back and say, okay, if if the fourth down gets spotted better or if the, the penalty in the pocket gets called when he's grounding the ball, Brock Purdy, or if Darnell Savage catches the, the interception or Keyshawn Nixon, that one was actually on rewatch a worse miss than I than I realized live. It went, it goes right through his wickets and he's got some of the best ball skills on the team. So that one in retrospect, even more surprising. And there were some missed opportunities. Jordan Love and Aaron Jones. It turns out that was a miscommunication. Jordan Love expected him to sit down. Aaron Jones continued to run. That is one thing that they have to get they figured out this, this off season and into the season. The scramble drill, it was a, a killer for, for Aaron Rodgers. They were able to just destroy teams with it. Not on the same page this year. A number of times all season. It is something that Jordan Love can do consistently. He can win from outside the pocket. Second reaction kind of plays. But the offense was humming so well for the last two months. They didn't really need it. And they just were not consistently on the same page. In this one, of course, the check down. 
it's just kind of a, he just throws it too hard. It's not even that bad a miss. If he just sort of lays it, it's just a flat miss. Tucker Craft never gets his hand on it and it falls harmlessly to the ground. You punt the ball and you move on. The Packers didn't lose. When you think back on catastrophe of, of the ghosts of playoff losses past, you can point to catastrophic errors. Kevin King getting roasted by Scotty Miller. Like that was a cor- you did not have a good enough corner to win that game. Your run defense in 2019 gets absolutely destroyed. Your offense in 2021 can't do anything and your special teams has an all-time special teams meltdown. That didn't happen in this game. The Packers went blow for blow with the best team in football. They they did not have they were not at a personal disadvantage a significant one anyway, anywhere on the field. That speaks to the talent of this team moving forward. They were not outcoached. Joe Barry was not a problem in this game. Did I think the defense played great? No. They needed to get one stop and they couldn't do it. But we're talking about the best offense in football and by some statistical measures, one of the best offenses in the last 20 years. That's how good this offense was. I know no Debo Samuel, but it's still Kyle Shanahan. It's still George Kittle. It's still Brandon Ayuk. It's still Trent Williams. It's And Brock Purdy pushes the buttons. He played mostly bad for that entire game until the last drive. If, his, if Jordan Love's last drive had been as good as Brock Purdy's last drive, the Packers win. But Jordan Love's first 58 minutes were better than Brock Purdy's first 58. The difference in this game, ultimately, is... The 49ers took advantage of their opportunities defensively, getting the, their hands on two passes that were turnover-worthy plays. The Packers didn't. They just didn't. They didn't take advantage of their opportunities. The 49ers did. That is a, a unique place for the Packers to be in when you look back on the arc of their history. How many... Playoff games, the Packers lost. Can you say that about? I just went through a handful where you cannot say that. Where one team or another, one part of the team or another, or one coach or another, was so bad that it was just no amount of virtuosic performances from other parts could overcome it. That's not what happened on Saturday night. And that puts this team in a really, really, really good position moving forward because you don't look at them. There there are places, and we're going to talk about them, where they can get better. But you don't go into the offseason going, if they don't fix this, they can't be a true NFC contender next year. They don't have to do almost anything because, first of all, everyone important is under contract. And it sounds like Jordan Love is getting an extension. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But you're not going into the draft going, they have to get this. We did that in 2022, in 2021, in 2023. Like they needed a corner coming out of 2020 in the worst possible way. Coming out of 2021, you go, okay, well, you have to trade Devontae Adams going into that draft, into that offseason. You have to add receiver. They did. They added Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Turns out those guys are really good. 
a fully healthy Christian Watson in this game is probably a different story if they if they knew they could fully integrate him in the offense. And I thought he could have played more, frankly, but you, you don't know where he is physically, like what, what he could manage with his workload, but not on the injury report. Matt LaFleur, the coaching. Like there are things that I can pick at, nitpick at and say, hey, you know, I would really, really would have liked to see more of this and this and that. But like the RPO pump and go on the bubble, that's an inspired play call. There were a couple of those where it's just like, that, this is high level planning. They did not let the pass rush kill this game. There were some second and long runs I didn't like. He, he does still does that way too often for my taste. But that's a little thing. That's a little thing. I, the fourth down call, I had no problem with. And, and you can blame the officials if you want. There were certainly highly impactful plays. Like, they're offsides on the fourth and one. Clearly offside. And then the spot was an atrocity. <laughs> Ridiculous. They had to use a challenge on a play where it was clear Jordan Love made the line to gain. And they marked him short. It was clear he made the line to gain. So the the point of bringing this up is to say, as we look forward here about where this team is going, that they don't have to make any changes really for the first time in how long? In how long do they not have to do anything to get where they want to go next year. This team right now, even with, with the flaws we thought it had, was one play here, one play there from being in an NFC Championship game they absolutely could have won. And and that means going to a Super Bowl against the a, a pretty flimsy group of AFC contenders. How much different is, gonna, is it going to be next year? This team, as it's currently constructed... All of the things that are that are wrong with it. There aren't that many. That's the point. Whatever issues you have, even with them, they were this close. A little internal development, some, some reinforcements here or there, and they are going to be right in the thick of the NFC race in 2024. That's why all these guys going to the locker room, yeah, they're dejected, they're down, they hurt. It sucks. All of this work to get that close. But everyone, to a man, in that locker room knows you work hard, you get everyone gets 2% better, the team gets 5% better, 10% better, they're going to be back in the same position next year competing in the NFC. Now, all that is important and, and a good jumping off point here. Big picture. Big picture. If they're trying to get better, how can they? Where can they? We're going to talk about that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Game Time. You don't have to worry about buying tickets to Packer games, but the Bucks, your NBA team, they're still going. Luckily, there's there's absolutely no drama with the Bucks right now. They're having a great season. No questions, no coaching issues, no personnel issues, no problem, right? Everything's good. With last-minute tickets, all the price, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It Fiserv is an awesome venue. 
Go see the Bucks if you can, if you are close, if you can see them on the road. You don't have to be a Bucks fan. It's incredible to see Giannis and, and Dame Lillard and all these guys. It's really, really cool. Go. Basketball's not for you. Okay. Comedy, theater, game time has it all. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on for $20 off. Terms apply. Download game time today. Last minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Jace. I know we come here to talk about sports and escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but let's talk about being prepared. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right when it's the kind of year when everyone's getting sick. That's scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than my wife or my kids getting sick with a supply chain issue, keeping them from the life-saving medication they need. Thankfully, we'll be okay with Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and others. This stuff could happen to any of us. When you really, really need it, you have to be prepared. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been easier or more important to be prepared than it is now. Go to jacemedical.com and use the offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Launched, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, where does this team need to get better? And there are, I think my perspective on this has changed over the course of the year. It doesn't seem as dire to me. I, I think a change at defensive coordinator is an improvement. I mean, depending on who you hire, like if you hire, you know, Rob Ryan, probably not, but you you could get better there. But it didn't cost them their season. To my point earlier, there isn't a position that is so dire, you're like, if they don't fix this, they are screwed. I don't think that exists on this team right now. But as you look at the opportunity that this team has now with the amount of picks that they have in the top 100 now five picks in the top 100 of this draft and it's a good draft at spots where the Packers have some needs we don't want to learn the wrong lessons from this game and and have it trick us into believing things that are not true about this team in the long run the defensive coordinator position is one of those things, but we're, I'm going to save that. This team right now does not have enough playmakers in the back seven. The front four or three or five or however you want to do it. The pass rush, the front, the, the big bodies up front. 
So we're talking about edge players. We're talking about defensive linemen. This is a really good group. They're under contract. They're really young. It is so exciting right now. This is the best young group of of trench defenders that the Packers have had in a long time. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Lucas Van Ness, Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, Carl Brooks, Kobe Wooden. It is outstanding and young. They can get better. Kenny Clark is still only 24 years old. People forget that. No, he's not. He's, I think he's 28. But he's still really good. Seven and a half sacks this season was, I think it was his best sack total season of the year. Rashawn Gary coming off ACL, you know he's not 100%. He played through an incredible, incredible odds to be as productive as he was, led the team in sacks. For whatever you want to say about the second half of the season, not getting sacks, he's been incredibly impactful this season. Once again, I mean, he just, it's who he is. But when you watch the 49ers and the way that this Packers team built itself is so similar to the way that the 49ers have built themselves. The Even just the, you look at the skill talent, I mentioned this last week. The, the similarities between Brandon Ayuk and Dontavian Wicks, between D- Jaden Reed and Debo Samuel, between, you know, pick Tucker Craft and George Kittle or Luke Musgrave and George Kittle. The do-it-all running back in the backfield. Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey. And then on the other side of the ball, the Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt, it's hard not to see that draft pick and go, well, Eric Armstead, interior pass rush, and Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Chet, queen of the chessboard type move linebackers. Well, a lot of that stuff is great. But the linebackers just don't make enough plays. Not, not enough impactful plays, splash play. Dre Greenlaw had two interceptions in this game. The interception he made at the end was incredible. That ball, it's thrown in a space with two defenders. It becomes three defenders because Greenlaw peels off and makes the play. But there is not a Packer defender who makes that play. Not a, Certainly not a linebacker who makes that play. This is a, a back seven that is bereft of playmaking talent right now. And I think, frankly, outside of Jair Alexander, you could say the same for the corner room. Like, I think Carrington Valentine is a dog. And I hope he is a a player on this team for a long time. I think Eric Stokes, assuming he can get back to full health, and we don't know, that's a big big assumption, a big if. You hope that he can get back looking like the old Eric Stokes physically. Never going to be a guy who, who gets his hands on a bunch of passes and makes interceptions. Just not who he is. And then what is the future at this safety position? That is a big one here. I think Darnell Savage has played well enough that I would like to see him back. I think he makes a lot of sense for what the Packers want to be in a modern world where you need those impact overhang defenders. He, they found something late in the season with him playing more overhang, more lurk, more robber, and just like the interception that he made. Just overhang defender. Read and react. Go break on the ball. The one he almost had, overhang defender, read and react on the ball. The less distance he has to travel, like if he's trying to fit the run from the deep half, that's not where he's best. I like part of me wants to go, 
What if Darnell Savage is your nickel and, you know, we spent all this time trying to move Russell Douglas to safety. What if Keyshawn Nixon is actually a safety? With those ball skills, with his speed, with his instincts, like, I don't know that he has the that quick twitch in and out kind of athleticism to be your number one high-level slot corner. Could he be a really good free safety with Anthony Johnson Jr. and Rudy Ford? That is the, the, like, linebacker, you got to make some decisions on Devondre Campbell. I My guess is he's going to be back if they can try and work out a contract number that makes a little bit more sense. The contract, given the way that it's structured, it's it's kind of tough. Like, they probably have to June 1 him if they want to do anything. But that leaves them trying to figure this out again. They need one, in a perfect world, two, but at least one more impact defender in that back seven. And I kind of look around this roster going, like offensive line depth, some competition at right guard maybe, center. But Josh Myers is like right of the ship. He's not been terrible. You can always upgrade a spot like that, but like it's not a need. Backup running back, A.J. Dillon's a free agent. I don't think that's a, that's going to change your life that much. Like Blake Corm is going to be the most mocked college player to the Packers this year on day two. Like that is... And I could definitely see it happening. But everyone is going to pick that. A little thunder, a little lightning. Another pass rusher, maybe. Kingsley Nibare out for the year. How many of these corners can you really trust? But like this, this roster is really good. It's really talented. And, and not just talented anymore. Now it's just good. It's, it's stuff mostly on the edges. It's going to be very exciting to see how Brian Gutekunst wants to tackle this offseason. We're going to talk about the big questions facing Gutekunst and company in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The Packers covered the 10 pretty easily. I hope you had that one. Covered the 9.5. Told you that line was too big. By the way, you know, not that it's any consolation. I had this as a three-point game, four-point game. It ends up being a three-point game. And a game that the Packers absolutely could have and probably should have won. But things happen. Right now, at FanDuel, you can benefit from things happening. 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, win or lose. I happen to take advantage. They were running a promo. Same game parlay. Just get the money back. It was a basically a free same game parlay. And I didn't hit it. But if I did, it would have been really nice. And I didn't. And now I get the bonus bets back. And I'm all good. Come on. FanDuel wants to help you out here. What are you waiting for? Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The first big picture question that the Packers are going to have to answer is the future of Joe Barry. 
The assumption is the Packers tend to sign coaches to three-year contracts. We know Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds got extensions off their contract. That would put Joe Barry at the end of his. So you wouldn't have to quote-unquote fire him, which may, it may, that may be more meaningful than we realize. The Packers have reportedly in the past been a little tight with the books when it comes to paying coaches. So you you let Joe Barry walk. You don't have to fire him and pay him an extra year. You don't have to pay two defensive coordinators at once. He moves on. Hey, who knows? Maybe you kick him upstairs for a year or two. Matt LaFleur has the utmost respect for Joe Barry. So, okay, great. Joe, we'd love to keep you on the staff. We just think this team right now, the best thing is to get a new, young, fresh voice in here. I want you to continue to be a part of our culture and and, and help us game plan. And, and your your journey here, your, your leadership here has been invaluable to us. Thank you. You're going to continue to be a part of the Green Bay Packers organization if you want to be. Someone else is going to be calling the defense. That's a pretty easy compromise here. That that may or may not be the decision that they make. I'm interested to see if management gets involved. Remember, Brian Gutekinst is not Matt LaFleur's boss. Mark Murphy is. So does Mark Murphy apply some pressure on Matt LaFleur if he's not going to get rid of Joe Barry? That'll be interesting to see when, when this stuff all comes out. Ultimately, how much do they want to fast track this if they feel like they need to? They can create plenty of space here in the offseason. Do you want to bring in some veteran players? To me, I would say if I could bring in a veteran safety, I would I would be willing to do that. I think a veteran linebacker, if you could, would be would be really useful. Some veteran interior offensive line depth. But I think Sean Ryan is your starting right guard in 2024, and you just ride with it. If you get some nice depth at guard, a tackle, like Yash Nyman, does he does he get a chance to start somewhere else or does he continue to be a swing tackle for you? The, this question about veterans is one that I'm going to have my eye on because they can create some money. Now, in that vein, what do you do with David Bakhtiari? Packers can save $20 million moving on from him and I believe, I believe it doesn't actually matter when they do it. That the, the June 1 thing is kind of irrelevant here. That if you just cut or trade, it's $20 million saved. So I would assume you're going to trade him if you can, or you got to rework the deal. If he wants to stay in Green Bay and go help them win a Super Bowl, go nuts. The last big question is part of this veteran ideology here. Do you want to take a big swing? The, the Eagles, they have a nice 9-7 and seven season. They go to the postseason. They, they get beat. They come back the next year. They make the A.J. Brown trade. Is there an A.J. Brown trade? Not literally A.J. Brown, though maybe. It doesn't have to be for actual A.J. Brown. It doesn't even have to be for a receiver. Is there a big-name player that they feel like they could go out and get who puts them over the top? I don't know who that player is. We didn't know A.J. Brown was even close to available when that trade was made. How aggressive does this team want to be? Now, now that has to be related to the urgency you feel with Jordan Love, who, according to reports, multiple reports now, both Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport have it, 
that this is going to get done. There's going to be an extension here. He's going to get a near top of market contract that he's probably going to get. I would north of Geno Smith for sure. Four years, 160. I would think the Daniel Jones deal is the starting point for Love's camp. Probably not going to get to that 50 million. The Herbert Burrow hurts. Although I would rather just flat out rather have Jordan Love than Jalen Hurts right now. And that is exactly what David Mulligetta is going to be telling Russ Ball. Who would you rather have right now? The Eagles are paying that guy. How about you pay my guy? That's That deal is going to get done. But then how does that deal getting done and the money you have to put in there. Now you can, of course, you can backload that money. Do they want to front load some of that money? Given the flexibility that they could end up creating for themselves. That is one of those big picture questions that I'm that I'm very interested in because it's going to be part, these are all like the veteran part, the love extension, the big swing, those are all tied together in this idea of what version of going for it do you want to go? Because the whole point of this episode really is to say they don't have to do a ton. So what they do is going to tell us a lot about where this team thinks it is and where they think they can get to. They're, they're committed to Jordan Love. Jordan Love is their guy. He is a franchise quarterback. I don't know how you can come to a conclusion beyond that. Ben Solak had made a great point. He said, you know, if you had told Green Bay fans that they'd be, you know, in, in August, that they'd be in the divisional round and Jordan Love would have played seven of the best quarters of playoff football that we've seen from a Packers quarterback in a long time, you'd be pretty happy about that understanding that the eighth quarter did not go quite the way that you wanted. So what does building around Jordan Love look like? That is really the overarching question here and is one that we are going to be talking a ton about over the coming weeks. No Mock Draft Monday today. Too much other stuff to get to. And I have not, frankly, started the draft prep in earnest yet. We'll, we'll maybe start, you'd let me know if you want Mock Draft Monday to start already. I think I have traditionally started it post-Super Bowl. Last year, we might have done it a little earlier because it was just sort of like, well, we get to talk about what if they have two first-round picks and we were already, maybe not quite in January 22nd, did we know that that, that was going to be a thing because Super Bowl, that was when it was like the darkness retreat and all that stuff. But if you want to start Mock Draft Monday, let me know. We can. I was thinking next week, maybe the week after Super Bowl week, it seems like, uh, that even seems a little early to me. But let me know. Let me know what you want. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, we're going to do some lives, like if they fire Joe Barry, or they fire Joe Barry and then hire a new defensive coordinator, or they trade David Bakhtiari. We'll be live for stuff like that. Maybe even like quick hitters, 10, 15 minutes, max 20 on stuff like that. We'll see what, what it calls for here. So I'm trying to I'm trying to be a little bit more flexible, a little bit more nimble if I can be this offseason as part of our Locked On Packers coverage. But go subscribe to us on YouTube. That's where we'll be live so you can stay Locked On Packers.